0: Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're gonna be encouraged. With so many moms coming home to homeschool this year, I'm constantly asked this one question. What do I do with my toddler while I'm trying to do school with the rest of the kids? Trust me, I know, the struggle is real. And, you know, it's been a while since we've had a toddler in the home, but come on, toddlers are toddlers, their energy level and their need for attention, why that never changes. So in this episode of Coffee with Carrie, we're going to be talking about tot school. Now, don't misinterpret the name tot school. If you know me or you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I advocate for starting school later rather than early, making sure that toddlers and kids have a childhood, and I advocate not doing school at home, especially formal preschool, TK, or kindergarten. So in this episode, our taught school is not about how to teach your toddler to read, but how to set up your home and learning environment so that your toddler is happy and busy while you teach your older kiddos. We all embrace our calling to homeschool, but sometimes we can let that get in the way of our first and most important ministry, which is our ministry of motherhood. In the busyness of teaching pronouns and times, tables, and history dates— you know, I never wanted to view my little guy as a nuisance or as an interruption. And I know that sounds harsh, but when you're in the thick of it and you already feel quote-unquote behind, why that's the day that the dog vomits on everything, the dryer breaks down, your car doesn't start, and your littlest one, why that's the day he needs the most attention. So, some intentional effort to include your little ones at the school table, goes a long way to bring some order to our days, as well as reclaiming some sanity in our days. So keep in mind, there is no need to do any formal kind of lessons or schooling with your little guys. If you have a large family, chances are the little one will want to be part of your school day anyway, and he'll want to, you know, quote unquote, do school like his older siblings. All the things I will mention in this episode you can use to either keep your toddler busy or you can use them as educational tools, hence the title, Todd School. Now I want to share with you some of our family's go-to activities that I used to include the little one or as things I did to keep him occupied when I needed to do some of those one-on-one lessons with the older one. But I'm also sharing what some of my super creative mom friends have done over the years and their versions of Todd School. Now, keep in mind, these are just some of the things that we've done or I've witnessed some of my friends do. There are some really great ideas out there, too. And Instagram peeps who are in the thick of homeschooling toddlers right now have some really great ideas, too. So check out some of their posts and resources, too. Now, the first and best thing that I've ever done when homeschooling with a toddler was make time to hang out with my little guy before all of our formal lessons began. I made sure to get up early so I could have my own quiet personal time with the Lord first before the pitter-patter of the little and big feet started roaming the house. I would pray over our day, over each kid, and then get the house and our lessons ready for the day. I found if I was up and ready for the day before the craziness started, our day usually went much better. Then I made an effort to spend one-on-one time with my little guy before everyone else got up. I made sure he got my undivided attention before my brain went into 5,000 different directions and before I was mentally and physically preoccupied or distracted. Now when I started doing this, our homeschooling days dramatically changed for the better. I found when Joe's cup was full He was happy and content to spend some time playing outside or in his room or on his own. I think our little ones sometimes feel left out or ignored. So when we give them our undivided attention before everything else begins, why, I think it just fills up their cup. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Joe and I would sit and play together or read together or just cuddle and talk. Sometimes we'd go for an early morning walk or a ride, or he'd come with me to get some coffee. Sometimes my little one would help me make breakfast, or we would play a silly game together or have a tickle fight before everyone got up. The idea is to spend one-on-one time with your little one. Turn off your phone, turn off your computer, give them eye contact, give them lots of hugs and snuggles. This one simple act helped our homeschooling day start off with more joy and with more peace. Then, make sure you schedule in your school day times for your little one to spend with his siblings one-on-one. When you need to go over some math with one of your kiddos, then have one of your older kids spend time with the toddler. Schedule it into your day, too. Be very intentional about it. Let your toddler know that he gets to play with Susie when you're working with Aaron. This way, your toddler's cup is refilled as he or she has one-on-one playtime with a sibling, or someone is giving him his undivided attention for 20 or 30 minutes. And the playtime doesn't have to be structured either. It could be playing outside or building with blocks or doing a puzzle together, or the older child can read aloud to the younger one. They can do a little arts and crafts project too. It doesn't really matter. It's the act of spending one-on-one time with your toddler. Now, another thing that totally changed our mornings was when we started doing our morning devotions during breakfast time. I actually started calling it soul food time. I felt like I was feeding their hearts and their tummies all at the same time. Now, morning devotions were always so hard to do with my little guy. If something was going to go wrong, it was going to happen during devotion time. Something would spill or break, or he would fall and hurt himself, or he would have tons of questions, or it was constant, help me mama with this, help me mommy with that. But one morning I was running late and the kids hadn't eaten yet, and we had a field trip to get to. So while they were eating breakfast, that's when I did our morning devotions. Now, since my son's hands and mouth were full and he was snuggled in his little kitchen chair, I had his undivided attention and he couldn't go anywhere. It was the best morning devotion we had ever had. So I started reading our Bible or our little devotional book while they ate breakfast and we would discuss it in between bites. So if you have an overly active toddler or a very talkative youngster, Do your family devotions during one of your mealtimes. Now, it could be lunch or breakfast like ours or snack time or even dinner time with dad. Don't skip devotions or family Bible time because you have a toddler. It's the most important thing you will do as a family and in your homeschooling day. So don't skip devotion time. And think about rotating your devotional books too. Some weeks, read to the entire family a toddler or pre-K-friendly devotional book. It's okay if you have much older kids. God's word never comes back void. You never know. Maybe a Bible lesson told from a preschooler's perspective or biblical truth explained in a very simple way will finally make sense to one of your older kids. Now, another way to include your toddler in your lessons is to do read aloud as a family. And you know I've said this before. Even if you're reading a chapter book, have your little one join you. Give him something to do to keep him occupied or let him play nearby so that he can still hear you, but he can be active if he needs to move around. Then make sure you spend time with him one-on-one reading aloud from a picture book or two. It can be while the older kids are doing their independent work later during the day, or it can be at bedtime, or you can have one of your older kids read a picture book to him. Just make sure Bible time and read-aloud time are two out of the three most important things your toddler does each day. So what's the third most important thing? Why, that's playtime. Structured and unstructured playtime and give him lots of it. Toddlers and kids learn through play. And we talked about this in last week's episode on game schooling. Play is the work of childhood. So give your toddler tons of time to play outside, to play in his room, to play with his siblings and friends and pets and his imaginary and stuffed animal friends. And mamas don't feel guilty about it. Your toddler will learn more playing than he will trying to do a workbook page. Now find a safe place for your toddler to play, fence him in in some kind of a way, but give him time and space to explore. Give him time and space to dig and to climb. Give him time and space to build and destroy. Give him time to get messy, dirty, and to play with water. Take your lessons outside as much as you can, even with the entire family when you have little ones. Now, some of our best lessons and our most memorable lessons happened in our backyard, underneath the tree, on a blanket, while we'll having a picnic or an impromptu tea party. So there are six main parts to taught school. First, it's mom time. Two, Bible time. Three, read aloud time. Four, play time. Five, bin time. And the last one is nap time. Now we've talked about mom time and Bible time, read aloud time and play time. I'm saving nap time for last so let's talk about bin time basically you're gonna fill different bins with different things and you will pull out the bins for your toddler to play with while you're working with the older kids that's bin time now the first thing you need to do is just go to the dollar store and purchase at least a dozen plastic bins with covers now if You can vary the sizes, you can vary the colors, that would be great, but it's not necessary. If they're at least shoebox size, you're good, but it kind of depends on what you want to put in each bin. Then start collecting things that your toddler loves to play with and educational toys you want your toddler to use or to manipulate. Now make sure everything and anything you collect is kid-friendly, safe, and child-proof. Now, for obvious reasons, you don't want to put things in each bin that might be a choking hazard. The idea is to give your toddler something safe and fun to play with while you are teaching the other kids. So what are some of the best go-to toddler-friendly items to put inside each of the bins? Well, in one bin, fill it with large Lego or duplex-type blocks. In another bin, Fill it with wooden building blocks, the natural ones and the colorful blocks. In another bin, put several easy toddler-friendly puzzles. You know, the ones where they practice their ABCs and their numbers and colors and different animals. You know, any of those Doug and Melissa puzzles that are easy to handle and solve. In another bin, put tons of stickers and different kinds of paper. It's amazing how stickers can occupy a toddler and a preschooler. In another bin, fill it with lacing cards. And you don't have to spend a lot of money on these. You can actually make these with sturdy cardboard and some shoelaces. But giving toddlers and preschoolers activities like lacing cards will help them build their hand and eye coordination. And they're just super fun. Then pull aside several bins to fill with different tactile kinds of materials. In one bin, fill it with that kinetic sand. In another one, Put some play-doh. And again, you don't have to spend a ton of money on fancy play-doh. We made homemade play-doh all the time. Sometimes I added glitter so it sparkled for Francesca. Sometimes I made peanut butter play-doh just in case Joe tried to eat it. And sometimes I made salt play-doh because it was really, really cool texture. Then in another bin, fill it with whipping cream or shaving cream or something that's moldable. In another bin, Fill it with different kinds of flour or salt or sugar or cornmeal. And in each of the tactile bins, add a few cookie cutters, some rolling pins, some sand toys, you know, stuff like that, so that they can use it to mold, squeeze, roll, cut, trace letters with it, you name it. They will find a way to play with the different kinetic types of materials you put in each bin. Then in another bin, Fill it with Cheerios or Fruit Loops or wooden circles with holes in them or large wooden beads and lots and lots of string, yarn, or shoestrings. These are great for stringing items or for making or repeating patterns. And it's also great for hand and eye coordination. In another bin, put different kinds of magnets. Get some large ones and small ones, the round ones, some rectangular ones, some colorful ones, flat ones, whatever you can find. And then put different things in the bin that are metal or magnetic. Put a few strong magnets on a string and attach it to a pencil so it looks and feels like a fishing pole. Your toddler can have fun fishing for items in the bin too after he's finished making things stick together. Now if you can, find one of those magnetic maze toys where your toddler has to use a magnet to move things around the maze. And one of my son's favorites were the large magnetic tiles why he and my daughter would spend hours creating mazes for their hamster to go through with these magnetic tiles. Then fill another bin with felt and different felt pieces and felt storyboards. Fill another bin with obvious stuff like jumbo crayons and toddler safe markers and lots of different kinds of paper and coloring books and coloring sheets. Then fill another bin with all kinds of chalk and stencils and let them draw on paper or chalkboards or outside on the sidewalk. Fill a bin with kid-safe scissors, tons of different colored paper, stamps with ink, and kid-friendly glue. Some kids love to cut paper and cut paper and cut paper. Fill another bin with dot paint markers and finger paints. Now, granted, when you use this bin, you'll need to prep the area and your toddler for when the painting gets out of control, but it will definitely keep them occupied. Then fill another bin with all kinds of measuring tools, plastic of course, and things to measure and to fill and to dump and pour. Make sure you have a bin for water play too. Now you won't put the water in the bin just yet, but you can fill it with all kinds of water and bath toys. Then when you use this bin, you can set your toddler up on a stool by the kitchen sink or outside with a small tub of water. Now in another bin, put some educational sorting toys. Any kind will do. In another bin, fill it with different kinds of math manipulatives like pattern blocks and tangrams or super fun math things for them to play with and to build with. Then in another bin, put trucks and cars and trains, anything with wheels, and then put ramps in that box too. Kids love to raise cars and send them down the ramps. And if you have some large toilet paper or paper towel or wrapping paper rolls um, hanging around, put them in the bin too because they make great tunnels for the cars to go through. Then in another bin, put all kinds of dolls and different clothes for the dolls to change into. In another bin, fill it with dress-up clothes for imaginative play. In another bin, fill it with pretend tools, and some real ones will work too, and kitchen toys like pots and pans and wooden spoons and spatulas, and maybe some pretend items for the food. Now, don't forget about hand puppets and finger puppets and things like that too. The idea is to fill each bin with items that you know your toddler and your preschooler will love and things that will keep them occupied for at least 20 or 30 minutes at a time. Now once you fill the bins up, you will need to find a place to organize them and to store them because you don't want them readily available for your toddler to play with during the rest of the week. Whatever's in the bins are for taught school time only. This way, Your toddler learns that when Sissy's doing schoolwork with mommy, he gets to play with these special toys. Then each day, you pull out maybe two or three tot school bins and have them ready for when you need your toddler or your preschooler to play independently. And you're going to rotate these bins. You never take them all out at one time and let your toddler choose. He'll just get overwhelmed and you'll definitely have a mess. So, for example, on Monday, you might take out for your toddler the Play-Doh bin, the bin that has all the magnetic stuff in it, and the bin with all the lacing cards and stringing beads. Now, as you work with your older kids on math or writing, your toddler is playing with the items and the toys in these two or three bins. When school is over, you put these bins away. Then on Tuesday, you might take out two or three different bins for your toddler to use and to play with while you work on those writing or math skills with your older kids. So on Tuesday, you might take out the kinetic sand bin, um, the band with all the cars and the toys with wheels, and then maybe the bin that has all the dress-up stuff in it. And when your school time is over, you put these bins away. So on Wednesday, you take out two or three different bins that you haven't taken out yet for the week. And then your toddler plays with these items while you work with your older kids. The reason you should fill up at least a dozen bins with at least 12 different things is so that you can rotate the bins during the week. This way, your toddler plays with two or three different things during the week. One, this will keep your toddler from getting bored with a particular item or toy. And two, it keeps the bins fresh and fun. When you pull out the kinetic sand or the Play-Doh bin on Monday, your toddler hasn't played with Play-Doh since last week, so he'll be more excited about it. Now, the last part of Todd school is nap time. Make sure your toddler has a chance each day to nap, to rest, and to recharge. As long as your toddler is fed and rested, he will be a happier kid. Now, one piece of advice Try not to save schoolwork to do with your older kids for when your toddler goes down for a nap. Everyone in your family, including you and your teens, should have a chance each day for some downtime. So make sure you include a Sabbath hour in your day and you don't fill up your toddler's nap time with schoolwork. You need the rest. Your toddler needs it. Your teen needs it. And even your 10-year-old needs it. If you try to do important stuff while the toddler sleeps, you're going to be rushed and you're going to be stressed and something always happens. So it's better to take your toddler's nap time as a time for everyone to rest. Take a Sabbath hour, moms. So it is possible to homeschool with a very active toddler and preschooler. Get them involved in as much of your lessons and games and activities as the little guy can handle. Include them in your devotion time, your read aloud time, and your break times. Make sure you spend one-on-one time with your toddler before you start doing formal lessons with the other kids. And try to schedule some sibling time that's one-on-one each day so that your toddler can have some special bonding time with each sibling too. And use bin time for when you really need your toddler or your preschooler happily occupied. And take advantage of nap time for not only your toddler, but for everyone in your family, including you. And you've got this, Mama. Just breathe. Take a sip of coffee or two. I mean, you do have a toddler. Get your bins ready and have some fun. Homeschooling with a toddler or a very overactive preschooler can make you feel at times like an 80-year-old woman. And sometimes you might even look like it but I promise you can do this. Enjoy these precious years because I promise moms, you will miss the mess and the noise one day. Thank you for hanging out with me and for joining me for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our new and improved website, coffeewithcarry.org We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, coffee with Consultant. And don't forget to check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify and streamline your homeschooling, this is a perfect book to read. Now, if you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or with a homeschooling friend who has her hands full with toddlers and preschoolers. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, our book, and our homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. If you would like to join us in sunny California this coming March for our annual special weekend for homeschooling moms, check out our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. Registration began in January. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.